Tis the season for giving. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving you a chance to double your money on Thanksgiving Day. That's right. Either Baltimore or Pittsburgh scores a touchdown. That's one touchdown, and you double your money. And then on Sunday, to celebrate the action, DraftKings is ensuring all new customers are covered up to $100. You bet they cover you with a risk-free Sunday bet on all of Sunday's action up to $100. Man, that is a good deal. We love DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you should too. Use the promo code HELIPOD. You want to bet on the Cardinals or the Patriots, the Chiefs and Bucks, the Panthers or Vikings. It's all this weekend. Why not celebrate Thanksgiving with DraftKings? HELIPOD is the promo code you should use right now. And if you want to win, I suggest you do so immediately. Must be 21 or older. Must be physically located in Tennessee. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. You've heard about me talk about them before. From the very beginning, since the helipod was uh, in its infancy, Viore. I love these clothes. It is the finest athleisure wear on the planet. MJD is addicted to a lot of things. Actually, he's addicted to nothing, but he might be addicted to Viore because you wear them each and every day. Yeah, I, I love it. It's 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 the it's the most comfortable clothes I've ever put on. I actually sleep in it, which is nice. Like I don't know if you ever slept in. It kind of feels like pajama clothes that you can kind of wear out. It's very super comfortable. Yeah, you're wearing one today. Yeah, showing off the guns a little bit. I'm wearing one today, not showing off the guns a little bit, but um, I love the core shorts. Uh, the bank shorts are cool too. The core shorts have that built-in liner, MJD. It yeah. kind of hugs you where you need to be hugged and lets you hang where you need to hang. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like the pants. Yeah. Yeah, you like the Ponto pants? The Ponto pants. Yeah, great great, great joggers, sweatshirts, all kinds of gear as well. I actually saw my buddy uh, wearing an awesome vest from Viore. So get all that sweatshirt, warm gear stuff that you need for the winter. Use the code HELIPOD. It's Viore, V-U-O-R-I, clothing.com slash HELIPOD for 20% off Today And with that, it is time for the Thanksgiving week edition of the Helipod with MJD presented by Viore. A early Thanksgiving week edition of the Helipod with MJD. And you look a little more tired than usual after Man. calling the uh, big Rams win on Monday Night Football over the Bucks last night. It's been a long couple months for me, Dan. You know, um, been working out every morning. And I, I decided after last night, like, I need to take this week off and, re- and try to recover and rest. Uh, the Rams, I mean, you know, we talked about a little bit on the bot- on the podcast, but uh, they came out there and they took it to the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You knew uh, if you're going to beat the Bucs, there's, there's only one way to do it. You have to affect Tom Brady and you have to protect your quarterback. If you can do those two things, you have a great chance in beating them. Uh, the Saints had did it. Uh, the Bears had did it. And the Rams duplicated that same uh, type of pressure with rushing four, um, getting after Tom Blitzen occasionally, and just getting him on the ground. Tom Brady, one of nine on throws of over 15 yards. And by the way, they bothered him without Aaron Donald being a real factor in this game for the most part. Well, that's why that's why they bothered him, because he was a factor, right? If you have to put attention on one guy, let's say you, you put two guys on Aaron Donald. Now, all of a sudden, the other guys are getting one-on-ones. And so uh, Leonard Floyd, Michael Brockers, 
uh, Terrell Lewis, Samson Abukam, all these guys started getting their one-on-ones and they were winning their battles. And so uh, Aaron's going to see a lot of double and triple coverage. And that's what makes it so crazy that he had 20 sacks one season seeing all that, right? Um, and teams are doing uh, different protections against him. But it wasn't just that. It was the guys on the back end, too. There was a coverage sacks happening because Tom had nowhere to go. There were, you know, guys were making plays on the ball. Um, Jordan Fuller gets two interceptions, crucial interceptions on overthrows. And, and, and to be honest, I, I said this when they got there. It was going to be – I said that Tom Brady was going to throw 55 touchdowns. And the reason I said that was because the Bucks love to throw the ball down the field. That's what they want to do. That doesn't work when you have a, a, a team that can rush the passer with four because you got to hold on to the ball and guys are covered. And so we saw that. And then all, on the other side, I felt like the Rams had an advantage at the wide receiver position because the Bucks like to blitz so much and play so much press man that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods would have big days. Um, and they did. I mean, both had uh, over 100 yards, over 10 receptions, and, uh, you know, they, they did their part. But I love what the Rams did, and I'm going to tell you what the Rams did. This is what coaching is all about. And this is why I tell people coaching isn't just calling plays, ladies and gentlemen. That's not what it is. You have to be a manager of expectations and personalities. Van Jefferson's dad, who is a coach for the, the, the New York Jets, was at that game. And guess what Sean McVay did? Dialed him up a touchdown. So Got him a touchdown? And that's what those things, I mean, everybody. <laughs> you think just, he did that because his dad was at the game? No question. Get out of here. He hasn't played. He literally hasn't played all season. He Josh said, Reynolds. oh, I know your dad's here, so we're going to make sure we throw you a touchdown pass. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Oh, you think so? Yes. I guarantee if you ask, that's what he'll say. That's what he did. There's, a, there's no reason. He's never played. I've called every game. He stopped playing after the Buffalo Bills game. Literally stopped playing. He gets out there. They have him in the goal. They're on the – what was on like the two or three-yard line. He throws a slant over the five-yard line. They throw a slant to him by himself. Seven-yarder. The seven-yard – okay, seven-yard line. You would have had Cooper Cup in there. You could have had Josh Reynolds. You could have had Robert Woods. You could have had anybody. Decoys. McVay simply saw a matchup that he liked. With what? The guy that hasn't played? Yeah. Yeah? Catching him off guard. Come That's on, why man. McVay's one of the best coaches in no, the business. No, he's one of the best coaches in the business because he understands what, what, what happens when your parents come. Like, this guy – you got to think this guy hasn't seen his parents in I don't know how long. Right? This is a different thing now. His dad's a coach. All those different things. Is this it, Pop Warner or are we talking about the NFL? This is the NFL. All okay. this happens. Oh, trust me. I, I played in a game where we, we played Houston and uh, we had a receiver who, uh, his name was John Broussard. He was one of our deep threats and we were playing Houston and he hadn't been playing uh, that well. He, parents come up to the game. The coaches know about it. They give him a couple of deep shots. Right? Like you, you want to thrive off of those type of things. I, I truly believe that's what he did it this for. This is a real thing. You really believe this? Oh yes, it happens all the time. You know how many targets Jefferson had in the game last night? Uno. Okay. You know how many catches he had? One. Uno. And yeah. you know how many touchdown catches he had? Uno. Okay. And and you can go back and look at his stats before that and tell me how many targets and receptions and things he had too. So Dan can shut his mouth over here like he doesn't believe it. When you're in college, teams do that. When you're in college and you go play, uh, like if you're UCLA and you go play at Arizona, you have an Arizona guy, you feature that guy because you want to get more recruits out of Arizona, right? It's, just, it's the kind of thing that you do in high school. If you if, When I was in high school, we all came from different cities. I went to a private school. If, if we played in that city, you featured those guys. Well, that all makes sense. Is Sean McVay trying to get a coaching job with the no, Jets? It doesn't no, make no, sense. No. Like, what not, does he have to gain by putting do. a rookie out there and throwing him the ball on the goal line? Because the rookie class had been struggling offensively, not defensively. Offensively, they've been struggling. And you saw last night what they were able to do. Instead of throwing the ball to Daryl Henderson, he gets it to Cam Akers. 
right, on the little wheel route uh, down the tight red zone. Van Jefferson, one of the guys they're going to need to count on down the stretch. But this was an important game. He played a lot of snaps. We only had one target, but that target was to him in the red zone, so he could possibly have a touchdown. And what did the guy do? He caught the ball. He dropped it. Someone gave it to him. He grabbed the ball, threw it to his pops. And that's all they were showing, you know, if you were yeah. watching the game. That's yeah. all they were showing, right? So, I mean, again, it tells me, like, you can't – a coach doesn't – you just can't be a coach that calls plays or, oh, we're just strictly football. No, there's, there's a life element to it. There's a personality element to it. And I guarantee you that team is like – you know what? I I mess with Sean McVay because we probably didn't even think of that. But to him, he thought of it and got a guy a touchdown with his pops there. If that's indeed accurate, then then it's fascinating. 15, this, 15 targets, 10 catches coming into last night on the season. On yeah, the season, in, that's in, it. In nine games. Um, yep. So that's, I mean, that's just over a target a game. By the way, the Rams, from a football standpoint, if the playoffs started today... The two seed. They would be the two seed behind the Saints and ahead of the Packers in the NFC. Tampa would be the six seed. And this is one thing we do have to keep in mind. Uh, Matt Bubar, our third voice on the helipod with hello, uh, hello. MJD. That's uh, that's who you're hearing there. Um, Bubar, if they have to cancel a game or games that have meaning, that are significant, that can impact the playoff race, mm-hmm. they're going to expand the playoff pool Mm -hmm. from 14 to 16 teams, meaning that that number one seed that was getting a buy, not going to get a buy any longer. That is correct. Absolutely. So to, to your point, the number one Saints right now, you know, if you're looking at the eight seed, I mean, the eight seed right now is the Bears. Bears. It's the Bears at five and five. So you'd have the Bears visiting the Saints. You would have no buy. And then you would have, so you would have, the, if the playoffs started today and they expanded, right? Because they missed a couple of games because of COVID. Eight teams, the Bears at five and five and the Eagles at three, six and one would be in the playoffs in the NFC. Mm-hmm. That is disgusting. You would have, at, with this format, you would have the uh, seven versus two. That's the Cardinals and Rams. Yeah. yeah they got to play matchup. twice here in the yep. next couple of weeks. Awesome. So. Three times in the end of this year. Well, it, and here's what we're seeing going into these three games on Thanksgiving Day. The Cowboys uh, canceled practice Tuesday, which is today because of a non-COVID related medical emergency. So Tuesday for a Thursday game, that's your... Is that your final full practice of the week? You don't really home, practice on those. You don't practice on those we- weeks anyway. You just do a lot of walkthroughs, and then when everything is walked through, you just go out there. You just try to. It's more mental than anything. And and uh, to be honest, uh, for the teams like the Baltimore Ravens or the Dallas Cowboys, who are, you 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 can heal up faster not being in the facility, right? You get to do all your stuff at home. You don't have to get in the car. So not a huge deal. It's, it's not. No, nah, it's not a big. Is there, to be honest? It's not. I mean, I. The year I won the rushing title, I was telling someone this uh, the other day. The year I won the rushing title, I didn't practice the last five weeks of the season. I would just sit in at the all? trainer at all. I would just sit in the training room. And I would go over this film study with with Dirk Cutter and Mel Tucker. And they'd make sure that I was mentally where I needed to be. Then I'd go out there and play, and I was fresh, but I was banged up too. Like I had like a hip flexor, a hamstring. Well, every, all every, stuff. it seems like everybody's banged up to a certain extent this time of year. You mentioned Baltimore. So uh, on Monday, they announced that uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram tested positive for COVID. Um, all team activities are virtual. Brandon Williams, uh, the defensive tackle, also on the COVID list. So uh, Baltimore on a short week going to be without some some big pieces. That's going to be uh, that's, that's going to be an issue for them. Fire up the Gus bus. Did you hear about the uh, the Mike McCarthy deal with the watermelons and the sledgehammer and all I, this stuff? I've heard about. It. See that that is high school Harry to me. You don't like that? I'm a I'm a 
first of all, I'm a grown man and you're paying me to go out here and play. Like I'm, I don't need any more incentive to go out there and play. They won. Hard. Sounds like the players loved it. And the players took the sledgehammer out and started smashing watermelons like Gallagher too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so listen, when did you become serious all of a sudden? I'm not, like, I'm all not serious. Sudden, you I, don't like, like motivational I, I, no, tactics? That, because listen, this is, I've never been, I've always been self-motivated. Always. Like if I'm going to go out, I don't need you to tell me, Hey, we need a rah, rah, rah. Let's get going. Like, Dude, I'm I'm about to go out here against Ray Lewis or whoever I'm about to go against. Like that is more than enough ammunition for me to go out there and play well. Trust me. And it, it, when I was playing, every team had a really good linebacker, so it was kind of like I have to go out here and, and be my best. Um, I get it though. They were down. You need a little bit of excitement. I've been a part of teams where we buried the football and all that stuff. It's just like, look, man, like this isn't college. You're paying me a significant amount of money to go out here and play well. Either I do or I don't. And if I don't, it's your job to find me someone else. I've always been that way. So when it comes to like, but is that the, you think that's the norm? I mean, there are fifty-three guys on a roster. Do more of them think like you, or do more of them see that and be like, "All right, I get juiced up a little bit." I think more of them think like me because you get that check every Thursday. God, that check, see, that check is you're so matter of fact. It's not even on you're Friday. Taking, they give it to you a day ahead they on you, Thursday. They give you to you Thursday. Man, you NFL players are catered. No, you only wow. get seventeen of them though. Remember that MJG just sucks the life. Yeah, out of no, you no. Know? I mean, listen, I get it. It worked, but let's see if it works again. So just to recap does work, really does quickly. Work, does it work for the against the football team? I don't know. Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys at the team's uh, hotel ballroom on Saturday night where they have their kind of final yeah. team meeting before the game, said that he did not adequately emphasize the importance of some of the team's objectives, like, like punching the ball out of running back Dalvin Cook's hands. So he grabs a sledgehammer a real live commercial grade sledgehammer and they roll out a couple of watermelons that have these uh, individual objectives, I guess, written on them or maybe taped to them. And then he just destroys the watermelons and he so, has some so players this, take this, part this as well all over the hotel. This is, this is my problem. So you need a sledgehammer to break a watermelon. That, that is a problem for me because all you got to do is pick it up and slam it on the ground. It'll, it'll bust open. Right. So now I'm like, that, right. that could. I just think the sledgehammer was more impactful, and and he wants you to punch the so, ball out so, of Dalvin So Cook's I'll hands. tell you this: before I got to Jacksonville, uh, Jack Dorio had this thing where it's about chopping wood, and he had a, a like a wood log in the locker room, and there was an axe in it, like a real axe. Yeah, a real axe. Okay, this is why I don't like real things. Um, <laughs> needless to say, a punter before this is all before I got there. Our the punter at the time goes in to hit the the wood. Oh, the, I've the, heard the this log, one before. Clips off and hits him right in the shin and fillets his shin oh, wide open. Oh, no. So, with that being said, I'm a matter-of-fact kind of guy because I've I've heard the story and I actually met the guy that the they had the axe in his leg. I was like, ah, you know, let me just go out there and tote this rock. This is a little less dangerous than all these other little antics we're doing to get motivated to go win a game. Mm. I don't like that. I I don't. I don't like seeing those injuries. It's see, like the Joe Burrow injury. I don't like. It's I, like I, Gruden. Gruden used to do that in Tampa. He used to yell, pound that rock. Yeah, everybody has a rock. everybody has a thing. Whether it's taping something is, in is, your locker or burying yeah. the football well, listen, or whatever listen, it is. I, I had my own thing. I did. I wore a Superman shirt, but that was something I did as, as a kid, right? And that was my own personal thing. Like, I no one really knew why I did it, but that's just what I did for since a kid. And so every for, game, every game underneath your pads, you'd wear a Superman T-shirt. Yeah. And one game I didn't do it because I forgot to put it on. And I, I, I actually played well, but I was like so nervous. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't have it on. I put it back on at halftime. But like, yeah, I, I, that was my my superstition thing. But was it whole, just in your locker? How did you track it down? 
What do you mean? Your Superman shirt. Why? Well, you just forgot to put it on and it was sitting in your locker at halftime? I, I, no, I was probably just rushing and forgot to put it on over under over my like shirt. He was getting ready to play against USC and he knew that Superman shirt wouldn't work. No, oh, not at all. Boy. You're talking about the SC that cheated? That was paying players? Is oh, that the one you're go. talking here about? Or are you talking about the one that... We'll save that for another podcast. Oh, I bet, I bet you. Yeah, I bet we, we will. will. Yeah. Um, okay. Don't get me started on that one. Um... But yeah, no. I, everyone has their their thing that gets them going. I just don't believe in like when we're, when you're in the National Football League. I, I believe in what Mike Tomlin says. Listen, you we are here for one reason and one reason only to go out here and and again, it's you have to get a collective group of guys that has that same mentality, right? But the way Mike Tomlin talks to his team and he talks to the media is matter of fact. Like, look, we are blessed and fortunate enough to play on Thursday night on thanks on on Thursday night Thanksgiving. Not a lot of people get that opportunity. I never played on on Thanksgiving Day ever. Which was like I tried, like I was like, "Yo, let's get on there." Like everybody wants to play on that night. No, we never got an opportunity. You're blessed and fortunate enough to do those things. So when you do get those chances, you show that by how you play. I don't need you to bash watermelons. Like I don't need you to wake me up in the morning and be like, "Hey, I need you to punch the ball out of Dalvin Cook's arm by me smashing this wall." I'm like, I get it. You won, awesome. But let's see if it works this week against okay. the football team, right? Because that's what they play. Yeah. Washington. Last time, the last time the football team got a hold of them, it wasn't cool. You're just going to call them the football team? You could just say Washington. I like the football team better. Okay. I, I heard they may go to Red Tails, which may even be the best name they have. I think they're going to take a little while. It's, no, they I think go they're going to play. Tails. I think they're going to play. Have you seen the movie Red Tails? I've not seen the movie. Okay, you need to see the movie Red Tails before you talk about it. But once you see the movie Red Tails, you'll say the Washington Red Tails. I'm not allowed to talk about the Washington football team waiting an extra I year said, until I they said, get a name. Watch the movie <laughs> The Red Tails. I haven't seen the movie Red Tails. Well, we'll watch it together and you'll see it and then you'll know why. All right, fair enough. We've had some good quality time lately. We have had yeah, some good had, quality time, actually. Spent, That's why spent, this podcast is booming. Spent spent some good time this weekend together. What yeah. do you think about Taysom Hill? What'd you what'd you see? This is my so I thought he played uh I'd give him a B in his play. Um, I, I, the reason I'm going to say that is he played against Atlanta Falcons defense, who gives yeah. it all up, up to everyone. Uh, but he played well. Uh, I thought he stepped up in the pocket when he had to throw. He ran when he needed to run. Uh, the question is, you know, and, I, and this other thing I'll say about this, and it, it's less about Taysom Hill, more about Sean Payton. His team was ready to play. I mean, the defense had, what, eight sacks of Matt Ryan. They were running the ball well. They did whatever they wanted. They were right. Everyone picked their play up because when Drew Brees goes down or anyone goes down in that uh, on any team, everyone has to pick their play up, and they did that. Now my concerns are this: down the stretch, you got to play the Chiefs. You can pull up their their. Uh, they have a really easy schedule coming up. They actually. do. I it's, know they play like the Broncos. They play the Broncos, the Eagles, and Atlanta then the did. Falcons again. Those are the next three. Then they play the Chiefs yeah. after that, and that's where it's going to get a little concerning. Uh, but I thought Taysom Hill he showed enough. Like he showed that he could be that guy. This is the thing, though. Whenever a team, whenever you play quarterback and a team doesn't know what you have, uh, what you're able to do, you you have a lot of success because they're guessing. Now that teams it's like have, a starting pitcher in Major yeah. League Baseball, you go one time through the league and then the hitters kind of figure you out. Right, and so it's the around. same thing. It's like the defense now has film on what you want to do. What you're gonna, let's see if you can make those those proper adjustments. And, and to be honest, Denver is no joke. Denver's a tough team, and they they play hard on defense. They get to the quarterback. They stop the run. They do. They do a good job. Let's see if if, if Denver, you know, gives him a, little, a tougher test than obviously the Falcons. So Taysom Hill. I don't know if I've told you this story, but it was it was 2017. It was Taysom Hill's rookie year. I was calling a Saints Lions game with Chris Spielman. 
we had our production meeting where we talked to all the coaches and players and Sean Payton sat with us for about an hour. And I swear to God, for 15 minutes, we talked about this kid, Taysom Hill. Back in 2017, he yeah. played four or five games for the Saints that year. And people knew who he was. I knew who he was because he was at BYU for like 12 but he, but years. He, but he was at BYU and played like three games in like seven years, though. He had one full season. He played five years. He got a medical redshirt. He had a season-ending injury in four out yeah. of five years. Freaky athletic, right? Like 4-4-40. Well, he's supposed to be like the fastest guy on their team. Yeah, 4-4-40, 48-inch vert. Or, I'm sorry, 38-inch vert. Um, undrafted, came out, signed as a free agent with the Packers. They cut him right before the season started. Sean Payton was watching some tape on the Packers, like a practice squad wide receiver. He saw Taysom Hill. He said, man, we got to get this guy in here. And then literally, I think the game I called was week six or seven. He fell in love with Taysom Hill in, in a month. Yeah, no and question. I said, I remember asking like, so like this guy could be the quarterback. He goes, this guy will absolutely be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And here's why I'm not surprised they went with him over Jameis. They signed him to a contract extension worth $21 yeah, million. Dollars. You have to go with him over Jameis. Like, Everybody was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing Jameis is making the a NFL minimum. You're paying this dude $10.5 million you, a year. He's the second highest paid backup know, quarterback in the NFL. You the, the rule in the NFL is you have to justify Justify why you do things. I don't know that Sean Payton has to justify with his track record. Yes, there. he does. If you paid your backup sixteen million guaranteed and two, you have to justify why he did that. If Drew Brees goes down and you play Jameis Winston, people will be like, "Why did you give this dude all this money?" No, it's factual, and he. I think he just felt too. And this is what I really liked about about Payton and the way that he called that game uh, for Taysom. He didn't want to run him right off the bat. Mm -mm. He wanted him to throw. Yeah, and then he said, "Let's work him in." He wanted him to get comfortable, and then he did. He did this pregame uh, kind of one-on-one meeting, just like he did with Drew Brees. I guess they call it the dot meeting, where he goes through the play sheet and mm -hmm. then he dots the ones that he likes the best, that Taysom likes the best. Yeah, and so they got him comfortable. And then, how smart was he? Hey, who am I going to throw it to? How about Michael Thomas? Let no. me throw it to my best guy every time. He, and then, and for the Falcons not to double team him, lets me further know. Yeah, because I would have made him throw to Jared Cook. I would have made him throw to Emmanuel Sanders. I would have made him throw to Alvin Kamara on checkdowns more than to your Mike point, Thomas. To your point, uh, you know, Kamara ended his 54-game streak of having at least one catch, right? It was the third longest ever to start a, to Is start an right? NFL season. Yeah, he had 54 uh, to start a season. He, he, he didn't even have a target in this game. What's really interesting to me, excuse me, he had one target in this game. Pardon me. But no what, catches. No catches. It was wow. a f first time in a season, 54 games street snap. But what's really interesting is, you know, a lot of those catches and plays that they run for Kamara are scripted. Those are, those, you know, that is called that way to throw it to him. And even when Breeze is struggling, he will still dump it off. Right. Taysom is not that guy. So where Michael Thomas gets a bump, if you will, Kamara is going to go down a little bit in that passing game unless they actually call plays for Taysom well, to throw the ball to Kamara. Because this, this is the thing. Taysom Hill is not – Drew Brees is a pocket passer. And there it right? is. Yep. So a pocket passer is always going to get the ball out of his hands compared to a runner. Right. If Taysom Hill doesn't see – if the uh, read number one's not open, number two, I'm taking off. And that's what you saw. That's how he scored his touchdowns. He had the one rushing, what they called the run play, and the second one, if no one was open, he took off and ran. Um, yeah, he, too, he had two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm not – listen, this is my thing, and I, I want to make sure I say this. Um, I like Taysom Hill a lot. I thought they overpaid him because, again, he was a more of a gadget guy than he was a quarterback. Um, Sean Payton called a great game, but you can't crown him 
right now. You have to. We have to see tape oh, of him going totally down. Totally agree the, with you. But there. there's a lot of people like, oh my God, Drew Brees. He doesn't need to come. Like, no, 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 no. Slow down. Because you still got to you. You still have to play NFL caliber teams, even though it's the Eagles and and Atlanta and Denver. They're still they still got guys that can go, and they have tape on you now. And now they know. Okay, be prepared because Atlanta was like shocked that he took off and ran. Like the one time, they, I, the, the, the second touchdown, they were, it was like how, right, he's how, running, he's sprinting, and you're this, still covering this a receiver. Is what like, he what does. are we doing? Yeah, like come on, like what are we talking this is about? Talking about the second touchdown where he he, yeah. he took off for ten yards and just he, and everyone's no like still covering guys. Yep. Like this ain't Drew Brees running, man. Right. Like this is right. Taysom Hill's a runner. So you know, he coming into this game, he had zero passing touchdowns for his career. He threw one, but it got called back, so mm-hmm. he still has zero. But to his credit, he did he did throw one, but they they did call it back. And which I, again, going back to what Sean Payton said uh, after the game, a lot of pressure on Taysom Hill. Same mm-hmm. deal with Teddy Bridgewater when he started his yeah, first yeah. game last year for the Saints. Goes five and zero, oh, and I think they just they were worried about somebody coming in and poaching Taysom. But I think more than anything, I think Sean Payton just said, eventually. You're going to be the guy, and we want to make sure you stick around, and make him feel appreciated. He's 30 think, years old, by it, the way. I don't think eventually he's going to be the guy. You don't? I don't, I don't think that. Really? No, it's it's his style of play doesn't allow for that. Just because he's a running quarterback? No, not not that. Like the way they've utilized him to this point, right? Special teams, H back. Like he's taken some hits yeah. in his career, um, some big ones, and we know. Like eventually, you're gonna have to end up being a drop back passer in that system. Like they, that system's not built for a runner. Oh, I, I think Sean Payton would adjust the system to build it around him, like the Ravens adjusted with Lamar. But we're seeing what we're seeing what happens with Lamar right now. Like once teams have figured out, okay, we got to force him to throw the ball inside the numbers, take all the seam passes away. I don't know. I don't know if if Taysom Hill is is a better he, thrower of the football well, no, than Lamar. Even, I don't it's, know. Not, it's not even that though. Taysom Hill takes more hits than Lamar. Lamar doesn't take many hits. Yeah, when he's he runs. really slippery. Yeah, Taysom Hill takes hits. Like he yeah. tries to run guys over. But that's because that he's he's a product of the of the system, right? He was playing special teams. He was like going down and tackling people on punt return. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's a different mindset when you you have to switch, and that's yeah. a hard switch to flip. Um, speaking of. <clears throat> Excuse me, flipping switches. Hold on, real quick. You, yeah. So you have on here. Drew Brees has a deal in place with. So what? Chris Collinsworth is out of there. No, no. Drew Brees has a deal in place with NBC to join them. I believe in a studio oh. capacity. I don't know if it's actually been defined yet, but Brees, when he retires, will be under contract with NBC to work for them, presumably covering the NFL. They might use him on you know Notre Dame coverage or something of the sort, which would make sense since he played at Purdue. And No, it uh, makes zero sense. He played at Purdue. Why has he covered Notre Dame? They're going to put him on the Today Show? <laughs> they right? could do that too. No, because, because he played in that portion he of the country. He hasn't played college football in 30 years. Doug Flutie was covering Notre Dame. He hadn't played college football in 100 years. Mm, but he'd been covering football. It's a difference. Remember, yeah, he's you, fresh you, off the field. But you've called but it's a different game. You don't I'm think not, college I, is different than than the pros? Oh, 100%. Like I to be honest with you, I went from playing football to coaching high school and it was completely different. Rules are completely different, scheme is completely different, and I can only imagine trying to call a game when you have 100 kids out there triple numbers, you know, three number nines. You know, like it's just it's it's it's, I, it's a different deal, man. I think what NBC would be wise to do with Drew Brees is you you throw him in there on that studio show. Yeah, you give him some practice games because you, as you know, the rhythm and cadence oh, of dude. calling a game is so different than oh. being in the studio. And not listen, Tony Romo 
is an anomaly. Uh, listen, He's hold on. Before, before oh, we do here that, we go. I'm not, now you're going to just I'm not shit gonna on Romo. I'm not, no, not I, at no, all. Go ahead. Go ahead. First of all, watch the language the when you're talking broadcast. to me. No, it has nothing to do with that. Tony Romo did a really good job when Tom Brady was with the Patriots when he covered him. Because guess what? That's what he studied. That whole offseason. They were like, look, we're going to put you on these games. When he covered the, with the Patriots, he knew all their plays. He was like, oh, they're going to check and run this way, which yes. is true. He doesn't do that with every team. And so you're right. It's a different cadence and things. But when you specifically know that team, right? Like, so when I know the Rams, I know exactly what the Rams are doing 98% of the time because that's who I call the last four or five years. I've called Sean McVay's offense. I know how he's going to attack people. I know why he's going to attack people. I know 90% of the time what he's going to run that play. Right. So it's easier for you it's to call easier, a Rams game, It's obviously. easy. But when you have to, let's say if I have to call, I have to go and study you two know, new teams. Two new teams. Right. It's a little bit different. And that's why you see a lot of that. Like when you say Tony Romo was an anomaly, I'm just saying like when he called the Patriots games, yes, he was special. But when he called other games, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. That's like, fair. oh, they're checking this way or they're checking that way. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it is tough to go from knowing what you do. If, if I was NBC, anytime the Saints played, Drew Brees would be on that call. Because you know what? He's going to give us insight that we've never had before. You're going more with the content. I'm going more with the delivery in terms of what oh, I'm talking about, right? Okay. And, and, and so I'm just How saying- How was Tlaib? You did it with Tlaib. I, I thought Tlaib from a content standpoint, once he got comfortable, was great. What about a Caden standpoint? He, he has to get used to everything. It's it's the first time he's ever been in the right. booth. Like he's never even done a, a TV show on a regular basis. So no. he, he even said at halftime, he said, man, that was fast. And I told him before the game, I said, listen, everything's going to go fast. And his head was spinning a little bit because he was talking to the producer. He was trying to get the, uh, oh, yeah, the telestrator yeah, working. Yeah, that's, that's tough. And it was tough. By the second half, he was just watching the game and talking. Yeah. And he was good. Now, is he a cookie cutter color analyst? No. No, you don't want those no. guys. But he was fun. And it was a great yeah. game to call. So I think, to me, a guy like Tlaib or anybody – but especially a key with that personality, the more games you do, the better you're going to get. No question. You know? So no question. I hope he gets a ton of well, run. I, I, I just think just... with Drew, I just think with Drew, if you already have that in place, like you've talked about this, you and I have talked about this in private a lot, it's a very difficult transition to go from the structure of being a professional athlete to all of a sudden you're done and you're like, what am I doing with the rest of my life? <laughs> Regardless of how much money you've made. But, but this is the thing with quarter, well, at least with Drew Brees and Tom Brady is that they're playing to their 40s. Like you're retiring at 40, which is more around the same of what people, you know, normally do if you make a lot of money. You know, you start working at 20, you become a CEO by 38, 40, you retire in your 50s or whatever. Like that, 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 that's what no, a no, quarterback no, let me, let, does. That, that, what I'm telling you is what, what made my transition hard, Dan, I retired at 29. And all I knew was football for a long time. Right. And I still had 30 more years to rock. You know what I mean? Or not 30, hopefully 100 more years to rock. But um, it, it became tough for quarterbacks. And I think it's smart of Drew Brees to do that with NBC. But he's already went through like he's been playing football for what? Now you're just going to raise your kids and you have your yeah, little Yeah, no, that's a valid point. But I, I guess it's um, – yeah, he, he doesn't have to retire this year to do that deal. My point is, anytime he he retires, he's going to be nice. able to step right into well, that congratulations, situation. Well, congratulations, Drew. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> MJD hates quarterbacks. No, it's I don't. I love quarterbacks. Let's talk about another one. And this one, you can talk about how terrible he is because Carson Wentz has gone south in Fast. a hurry. Well, I don't. Okay, so let me tell you this. This is you're going to be like, oh my god, you're making excuses. The Eagles and as a whole have gotten old overnight. 
literally. Like, receivers aren't running the way they were. Like, Alshon Jeffrey, you know what I mean? Jason Peters is kind of filling, I, I he, guess, he Olivia can't Burnham, play left yeah. tackle anymore. He's right, a future Hall like, of Famer, but he's no longer an elite left and, tackle. And then so all of a sudden they've gotten old, and then you have a quarterback that feels like he has to make every every play has to be made by him. Right. And that doesn't work. And so that's just a bad mix. And the funny thing is, they can still win the East if he just corrects it. But they can't. You know why? Why? Because no team has won that division two years in a row in over 15 years. And the Eagles won it last year, so there's no way they're going to win it this year. You believe in that? Yeah. In the NFC East, they do. So who do you, who do you they think worked in the NFC South for all those years with the Bucks and uh, the Saints. Nobody won it twice I'll in a row. I'll tell you who could be the winner of the NFC East. The winner of that Thanksgiving Day battle between the Dallas Cowboys so and the Washington bad. football team. So bad. It is bad, but the Cowboys might be f- figuring stuff so out Alex, at just the right so, time. Well, this is the thing with Carson Wentz. Let's say this. He feels the pressure. Oh, and I think, he he, feels and I think he's more... one of those guys, MJD, that's felt the pressure from the very beginning. He comes from North Dakota State. He gets hurt. What happens when he gets hurt? They win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles in, at quarterback. Well, he said it. Do you remember what he said? And I said this. I, one of my good friends is, lives in that area, um, and we talk about the Eagles a lot. But as soon as they won the Super Bowl, the first thing he goes up and says is, man, I can't wait to come back and win one for you guys. He just won. But he's talking about he wants to be the quarterback. He wants to win it. And that, that's and that, human and nature. That, that's human is, nature. It is human nature, but but you don't say that out loud, right? Because you start to you start to a lot of things that you say you'll manifest, you'll believe it, right? You'll start to be like, I gotta do this instead of we, right, as a team. I got to make these plays instead of, hey, let me just check this ball down to Miles Sanders and live for another down. I got to scramble all around and do all this crap, make this magical throw late over the middle. No, no, no. Just throw it away. Because guess what? We have another down. Our defense is actually pretty good. So if we don't put them in bad situations, we win games. Right? Sometimes, and I think that's, and I'm going to bring it back full circle, that's what Sean McVay did on Monday night. Instead of Third and seventeen, trying to get a like a big chunk play. Just ran the ball, punt the ball, give our defense our defense go out there and stop. I don't them. mind that, and I don't I don't mind that at all. And I, I've heard both sides of the coin. People criticizing him for being too conservative, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I think that was a smart yeah, coaching you, decision. You, this is a the Rams are a defensive team similar to the Eagles. The Eagles are you become people don't understand as the season goes along. And I and I I, I guess on this podcast I try to give people a lot of game here, so they just a little bit smarter on why coaches do certain things. As the season goes along, it, you're, the, it's going to be ebb and flows, right? Sometimes it's going to be a defensive-led team. Sometimes it's going to be an offensive-led team. It's just how it is. It doesn't doesn't matter because injuries dictate that. And obviously in this COVID situation, guys being on the COVID reserve lift uh, dictates that. The Eagles' offense has been ravaged by injuries. I would have literally turned this thing into what we call nine-on-seven. We've just been running the ball at people and let our defense do their thing, right? But the Eagles, they're prideful. Their staff is prideful. They want to throw the ball around the yard to guys that, you know, aren't household names, aren't your guys. And so all of a sudden, your quarterback's not playing well. You know, they were – you run the read option. Do Like, dude, he's athletic enough to do those things. Like, try to find ways to be creative in the running game so that he doesn't have to throw the ball 70 times or how many ever times and – you get hit a billion times. Like you shouldn't be doing that. You should be running the ball, playing defense. Well, let's not forget Miles Sanders was hurt. Boston you know, Scott came in, did a great job. The vast majority of their receiving core was banged up. So let me ask you this: 
Carson Wentz leads the league with with 14 picks. It's the same amount he's had the last two seasons combined. He's taken more sacks than uh, any other quarterback through the first 10 games in seven years. He looks right. skittish. He's holding the ball too long. He's not seeing the field well. Doug Peterson says there's no way we're benching. No, he can't. He's absolutely our starter. It sends the wrong message to the entire team. Exactly to your point, right. They are still in first place. You don't just maybe just let him sit for a game and see no. what Jalen Hurts does. No, because you you know what? It's it's the complete opposite of what the Dolphins did. You don't name someone your starter and then bench them. You don't do that because you you create a divide in the locker room, which is what happened when Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. That's what people don't know that. So when Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, half the locker room wanted Nick Foles to be the quarterback. The other half wanted Carson Wentz to yeah, be the quarterback. Yeah, that was out there. That was a real thing, though. That, that is a real thing. Yeah. And so you try not to create that divide by playing the two-quarterback game. You, If you pay Carson Wentz, you're saying we pay Carson Wentz a hundred and some odd million dollars. He is our guy through thick and thin. We are tied at the hip. We are married. So Doug Peterson has to go out there and say, he has to say that because that's the message that he's kind of portrayed to his team. And if 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 you go out there and you binge Carson Wentz, oh, you want to, and I know this is a podcast, but you, them buttholes and them players are going to be so tight because if you make a mistake, you're going to be like, I'm going to get benched too next, right? Like You don't want your guys out there like, you want your guys out there playing loose, having fun, playing fast. You don't want a bunch of tight guys, wound up guys out there playing. They're playing Seattle on uh, on Monday night. That's uh, going to be interesting Lord to see how mercy. that one, that they one gotta, turns They got to find a way to just not try and have him push it so much. They've got They've got great weapons. I mean, they've got great weapons. Dallas Goddard is honestly. I I really do think that they get a little bit of the short end of the stick when it comes to that particular team. I mean, they have look. Dallas Goddard is a great up and coming tight end. The way I agree with you there. You had two tight ends that you should have dominated people with. with Jalen Rager is a nice rookie who 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 was battling injuries at the beginning of the year. He's starting to come a little bit on his own. He was the he was this he was the uh, he was he had five targets in the game. Uh, The other one too. I mean, I know he's taking a little backseat, but Travis Fulgham is a real nice surprise that they didn't even. He's one of the best surprises in the NFL this year. And 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 now you can actually take a backseat. To be honest. Greg Ward is a good slot receiver. He gets open and makes plays. With those weapons and with the two tight end system, if they really wanted to, they could take a look at Deshaun, they could take a look at Alshon, and they could look at either one of them or both and say, you know what? It's been nice. We've had our time with you. You can go somewhere else or retire. They really could, especially with a two tight end system. Two tight ends. Okay, let me. uh, here goes some more game for you, Dan. What the two tight ends, what they do to the NFL or to the NFL defense, they put stress on them because you can run the ball with two tight ends and you can throw it, right? But the problem is when you throw the ball, who's going to cover each, each tight end? Are you going to put a safety on one and a linebacker on the other? That's a mismatch. Are you going to put two safeties on them? That's a mismatch. Like you put them in binds to do that. And with Zach Ertz being more of a receiving threat, now you can spread him out wide and let him go to work like he did in the Super Bowl, run slants on guys and do all those things. Like you have the ability to make it work. The problem is they're trying to go down the field. You have to turn into what we call a methodical offense. You got to dink and dunk, run the ball. You want to be slow and controlled and then let your defense rest. That's how the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this division if they want to. If they keep doing what they've been doing, I promise you they'll be at whatever, how many wins they have now, three? Three, yep. That's what they'll be at for the rest of the season. They keep doing it. Time for a quick timeout to tell you about a few of our sponsors. And we start with Greens Plus, a health food leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse that green superfood into a bar. The bars, powders, 
tastes great. The most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get that nutritional insurance that your body deserves. All organic, gluten-free, available at Whole Foods, Amazon, or greensplus.com. I recommend going to greensplus.com because you get 20% off if you use the promo code HELI. You like smoothies? Throw some wild berry superfood powder in there. Greens Plus. At Vaco, the motto is we invest in your career, so you are here for the duration of ours. Vaco, a premier talent and solutions firm that provides boutique-level service with global reach in the areas of consulting, consultative project resources, executive search, permanent placement, and strategic staffing. You need somebody to fill that C-suite position. Vaco has you covered. Their areas of expertise all across the board, folks. Accounting, finance, tech, healthcare IT, ops, administration, or international managed services. They were founded in 2002. One of the founding partners, my good buddy Brian Waller, a University of Tennessee alum. He did not like how things went this past weekend against Georgia. I can tell you that much. But Vaco's still growing. They serve over 40 markets across the globe, 1,000 employees, 5,000 consultants, and $750 million in revenue. At Vaco, they're doing it right. Check them out, Vaco.com. That's V-A-C-O.com for more info on how they can connect people to their dream jobs and help leading companies find talent to grow their business. I'm not sure how long it's been. I think probably three months or so, but I tried this new product called True Niagen, and I think you should too. There is a trend, MJD, in the scientific community uh, that surrounds the health of our cells. It affects all of us from former athletes like you to the weekend warriors like myself. We have something in our cells called NAD, which supports our energy and our body's ability to repair itself all the way down to the cellular level. Well, it turns out that NAD declines as we age. It also declines when we overexercise or we don't sleep enough and even when we're exposed to a virus. There is only one NAD booster that is backed by Nobel Prize winning scientists, 10 published human studies and regulatory approvals for safety. And that is True Niagen. Visit TrueNiagen.com to learn more. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N. I haven't been sick in... Three months since I've taken this stuff. It's good. Who are you buying stock in the uh, Titans or the Colts right now? Oh, man. You know what? I love cold weather backs, man. I love them. And I'm going I'm to buy stock in Tennessee right now. I, but the Colts, that was a heck of a win against the Packers. It was. It was a heck of a that win. That defense did not play well. They were down by 14 at halftime to Green Bay. And here's what I like. They stayed patient and they ran the ball in the second half. They had 97 of their 140 yards after halftime. And Jonathan Taylor had what I think was probably his second best game of the year running yeah, the ball. he kind of came out. They came out in that second half and just ran the ball down their throats. I mean, but that was a Packers weakness in the beginning. They could, for some reason, they've struggled stopping the run. Man, I don't know. You like, like Michael Pittman, even though he's a Trojan? I like, yeah, I like, I don't care that he made, that's his decision. He made his decision to go there. It's not my fault. He's nice, man. He's, he's starting good. to show, he, he's going to be a contributor yeah, to this if offense you, for if a you long need time. Him, that's a great fantasy pickup, too. I know we're going to do that later down the road, but Michael Pittman down the stretch, I think that's going to be a huge he, fantasy he is still, pickup. He is still available in 44% of Yahoo leagues not for com- long. coming into this morning. As of this morning, yeah. he was still available in 44% of Yahoo And this leagues. is Tuesday, so this yeah. is when you make your waiver wire pickup. So yeah. there's your little fantasy advice. Right Wide receiver one. one. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm number one in my Yahoo league, so uh, MJD needs I, no help. I can't. I can't. My waiver is down at the bottom. You want to hear something funny? So 
uh, like a lot of us are, I'm in several fantasy leagues and, you know, do the direct TV fantasy zone yeah. show on Sunday. And um, in my college league with all my Tennessee buddies that I've been in for a long, long time, it's as embarrassing to say, I'm 0 and 11. Oh so we did an auction draft. And I think I, I told you guys those. this a couple of weeks ago. I don't do well in auction drafts for whatever reason. And I decided to take a flyer on a lot of young running backs, right? So I drafted other positions or it bought other positions. And so I have like Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, and there's one more I can't remember right now. Anyway, long story short, I'm 0 and 11. And one of my asshole buddies went on my Wikipedia page and changed the first paragraph of it oh, to despite no. his profession. He's the worst fantasy football player of all time. How, how, do, <laughs> what, how can people go on and do that? You can write, you can change anybody's Anybody page. can do that on Wikipedia. You can just yeah. go, I can go right in and say, don't, MJD don't, don't really likes myself. USC. Don't yeah. touch myself. Yeah, so I don't even know how to change it back. I got to figure out, Bubar, maybe you can, maybe you can do that sure, for, for the end of the day. Um, so anyway, uh, there's your fantasy advice. I, I'm, I am buying the Titans too. You've said this about Derrick Henry. He just he just gets better as the season goes on and the game's going. He had 18 carries for 46 yards through the first three quarters. He finishes with 28 for 133 and that game-winning touchdown run in overtime. I, I'm buying stock in the Titans because I believe in them. I I need to see the defense get better. Yeah, see, that's the only thing. When we I think we're going to pick this game. I'm, I'm going to take the Colts I, in I this took, one. I think I took the game out because I figured we'd talk about it. But um, if we do, I'm going to take the Colts just because I don't – You're checking the Colts this weekend. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I believe in Tennessee. I just think the Colts just match up with them very well, though. They Historically, they've dominated them. Yeah. Over the last five years, the Colts – Oh, and they, they went for like – where they didn't win for like six years it's in a row. It's ridiculous. I don't like even that. know yeah. how, why, why or how but, that but works this, like I'll, that. I'll tell people this. The thing about Derrick Henry is not – Derrick Henry has never been a really first two months of the season really good running back. He's Like, this is an anomaly for him to have this much success. Normally, he starts running around right now. Right. And he gets about six weeks where he's going to rush for about 1,000 yards in six weeks – and like seven touchdowns. And this is where, you know, I win my fantasy league because I got Derrick Henry and he starts going off. This is no one wants to tackle anyone that's 250 pounds and it's cold outside. It hurts. He, he's and an no one, And no one wants to tackle him. And this is where he starts breaking off his big runs. And then their schedule down the stretch is favorable as well. Bubar, pull that up. I want to see what that schedule is for, uh, for Tennessee down the stretch. Um, because this is that's an interesting division, man. Like the AFC is so different than the NFC when it comes to the playoff race. Oh. Um, it's you, you talk wide open. You ready uh, for their final six? Yeah, give it to me. So uh, of course they've got the matchup with the Colts. Then they host and will lose to the Cleveland Browns. Of course, uh, <laughs> we'll lose. Get and, out here. And then they go at Jacksonville, home Detroit, at Green Bay, at the Texans. Okay, yeah, one tough game. Yep. Well, Colts. And then Colts is weak, aren't bad. Yeah, so you're right. I mean, the tech the, down yeah. the stretch. I'm telling you, down the stretch, it's crazy. Yeah, I, that, it's, it's it's one of those. And and to be honest, this game is I can see them winning that game because it's going to be freezing, and they're going to run Derrick Henry a thousand yeah. times. Yeah, that's uh, two days after Christmas. Yeah, God, Sunday night wait. football. I can't wait. Um, all right, uh, it is time for our favorite segment of the show. They are who we thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Danny Green, love him. R.I.P. Danny Green. Yeah, that was, that was arguably one of the greatest press conferences. I still remember where I was when I watched that. Do you really? That. Yeah, it was awesome. Where? 
It was my rookie year. Um, we had just, I want to say I was probably in training. I think I was in training camp in the hotel. That's where I was. I was sitting on the bed and I was watching it because I was like, dang, it's third preseason game. Like, or no, it wasn't the third preseason game. It was the first, it was one of the first games of the year. It was right? early. It was yeah, early. It was early. Yeah, yeah. I, we were in the hotel, I remember. And he was like, man, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, snap. Because I remember they played him the third preseason game. They almost beat him. And then they came out and they, they had him beat, but you give up a punt return and then like a, a defensive touchdown. That, that was, was better than um, Jim Morris. Playoffs. Yeah, playoffs yeah. Or, yeah. or Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. <laughs> that was good too. Hello. I, was like, I was like more right before he just goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, they are who we thought they were. Give me A.J. Brown. I mean, what an unbelievable catch and run, just mowing dudes down. He only had four catches for 62 yards, but it was that 14-yard touchdown on third and 10. He took the pass from Tannehill to about the nine-yard line, and he just mowed through four Ravens. Chuck Clark, uh-uh. Marcus Peters, get off me. Marlon Humphrey, not today. And then he carries Patrick Queen into the end zone. A grown-ass man touchdown. Titans win in overtime. And here's the thing about A.J. Brown. To me, he's one of the most under-talked about, under-discussed, under-appreciated receivers in the NFL. He only has 36 catches this year in eight games, but he has seven touchdowns. He averages 15 yards per catch. And props to uh, Kyle Brandt and company on Good Morning Football awarding him today with the uh, angry run of the week. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a no-brainer. I thought that was great. And to be honest with you, they don't use him enough. They don't utilize him enough in that offense. I mean, I, I get it. Derek Henry has to get his touches. But the AJ Brown should be getting a ton of different. I mean, his run after catch is crazy. He's a pure. He's a. When they were at when him and DK Metcalf were at uh, Old Miss together, people were like, "Wow, why did he get drafted ahead of DK Metcalf? Because he can run every route in the book, and he's just as big and as fast. Like it's crazy that both of those guys were there and they didn't win. I don't even want to know who that quarterback was, because obviously. Was it the kid that uh, was, it was it Chad, Chad Kelly? Kelly? Yeah, yeah, I think it was yeah, too. It that's, that's swag Kelly to everybody else. Yeah. No, nobody wants. I don't to know where that. he is. All now. right, for me, um, it's going to be Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Why not? Was, I mean, you just put on a clinic out there on Monday Night Football. Um, Cooper Cup target monster. I mean, the option route. I don't know if we can get clips and put him on the podcast, but he ran an option route against Carlton Davis, where literally Davis thought he was going inside and took that. off five yeah. yards inside. Cooper Cup broke out and was by himself in the neighborhood. We call that wide open, uh, and other in other words as well. But um, and then Robert Woods just just making the tough catches consistently at the end of the game to get the Rams in the field goal range. And and like look, they don't get a lot of recognition. At least Robert Woods doesn't. He's always been – since he's been in L.A., he's been a 1,000-yard receiver. He does all the dirty work. He runs blocks. He runs the ball. He does everything. Um, and they went out and showcased their abilities in a hostile environment. Where I mean, listen, you play games where there's no fans, and then you go down and you have to fly across the country to Tampa. There's fans there. Like 15,000 people. Yeah, there, that's, that, that's more than – that's more than what you're used more to playing, most. right? And so, um, and to go out there and, and, and play against a tough opponent like that and come out victorious was huge. And it was really because those receivers went to work. 11 catches, 145 yards for Cooper Cup. 12 catches, 130 yards for Robert Woods. And if you touch. watched that game last night. Yeah, he had it. He had a tutty as well. You know, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are the fourth teammate duo in only the last 70 years to have 11-plus catches and 130-plus receiving yards in the same game. Last time it was done was for the Houston Texans in 2010. 
with Andre Johnson and Kevin Walter. Kevin Walter destroyed the Jaguars. Wow. Kevin he was the Walter. Jaguar killer when yep. I played for them. Yep. Listen to it. It probably was against the Jags, too. I mean, Kevin Walter, we couldn't cover him. I don't know why. Because you're probably tripling uh, Andre Johnson. Yeah, Kevin but it, it was you supposed to be able to you supposed to be able to single up Kevin Walter. He was going to work. <laughs> this is true. I, used be, I used to be on the sideline like just double him. Let Andre beat us. It's better if Andre beats us. It looks us. better. It looks better for us if we lose. That was the decision then. of do you put a safety or a linebacker on uh, Kevin? And, oh uh, my goodness, went the wrong one. We have to uh, get some game picks in here. Bubar, where do we stand on the season and um, how terrible was MJD last you week? Because I just know it wasn't good. You know, was Dan. Solid. Let's start with the good news. Dan was four and. Too. Yeah. We've got it. We've got. We've. Thank you. Yeah, and that was with the Tampa loss because you took Tampa. I did. You did. did. MJD was saved with that Rams win, and he ended up finishing three and three, an actual five hundred. We had no losing picks. This is the thing, no, though. No, no, the no Ravens. Win. The Ravens had that game, and then you go down. I'm happy because it was, it was a win win for me. It was really Derrick Henry wins me my fantasy league. If the Ravens win. I win this thing, so it doesn't matter. But I, I, I believe I thought the Ravens had it, especially after seeing them stomp on their 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 logo at, at the field and all that. Like, yep. I was like, yo, the Ravens are about to get after them. Wrong. And and now with that four and two and three and three, it's a whole new ball game because MJD on the season is forty and twenty six, and Dan Helley on the season. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Forty and twenty six. Oh, that feels thing. so good. It is. All right, um, so Orlin, that's what you're. This is supposed to be like that. Like I don't, all I don't. I don't need to like run off with this thing. That's not fun. You got to make it competitive, all right? That's right? good. Going into uh, so now I'm going to make all my picks. An important football week. I don't know that there's going to be that many differences this week, which is the there only may thing kind of concerns me. So well, let's go. Let's get into our game picks here. Um, Thanksgiving Day. There's going to be three games. We're going to pick two of them. Washington in Dallas. Zeke coming off his first 100-yard game of the season. Washington hasn't won on the road this year. Uh, it's the number one pass defense for Washington, which I think is kind of a mirage. It's really not the best pass defense right. in the NFL. Taking on uh, Andy Dalton and Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Washington will get after the quarterback, the third and sacks. But then you flip it around, right? This Dallas defense is terrible. It's the worst scoring defense in the NFL. And this is where I think Washington is really going to have the advantage because Alex Smith has figured out that he can dump the ball off to J.D. McKissick a hundred times and he's going to be productive. Terry McLaurin, one of the top five wide receivers mm -hmm. in the NFL this year. I think Washington goes into Dallas and steals a victory from the Cowboys. I'm going Washington 24-21 on Thanksgiving Day in wow. Big D. I can't wait to watch this one because I'm going to go with Dallas. I think I, I believe this. They went into Minnesota and they, they're playing with a little confidence. It was that catch from CeeDee Lamb that got the whole thing going. You know, uh, silly good. Catch of the year. That's, that's, catch what he, of the year. that's what he does. You saw that in college. You saw that at the combine. He's an athletic, acrobatic, and do all those things, right? That kind of got them going. And I think um, the one thing where Washington does struggle, they do a great job of stopping the run, but their secondary, they give it up a little bit. I know, you know, teams are like, oh, they don't do this because teams are up on them. They run the ball at the end of the game. Right. But, um, I think Andy Dalton, they, they may have something going on. He's out there playing without taste and smell. He can't, he can't hear the noise. He's out there. He's ready to go. And I, I think that, uh, he's finally, they're starting to, I, you know what it was? It was a game against Pittsburgh that gave him the confidence because Garrett Gilbert went out there and was throwing the ball all around the yard against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that loss, they go in the bye, like, okay, we can play. I don't have to, Andy Dalton's like, I don't have to throw it to the slot all the time. I can get the ball to everyone else. And he kind of opened it up. I think it's going to be a good day for the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys at home victorious, especially, and they're not in the building. They're going to be fresh. 
Oh my goodness, Cowboys. I wonder if I'm a little jaded because I'm a Washingtonian. You are, but that's okay. That's fair. Uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, also on Thanksgiving Day. The Ravens were 5-1 entering their uh, Week 8 game against the Steelers. They're 1-3 since then. We talked about this earlier. They're going to be without two running backs, J.K. Dobbins, who's really starting to come on. Uh, Mark Ingram and defensive tackle Brandon Williams all have COVID. Um, you know, defensively, we're not seeing the same Ravens team we've seen in the past. They're not getting to the quarterback. Um, on offense, Hollywood Brown has six catches in the last four games. Mm. Six catches. He's upset. And the offense is not surprising anybody anymore. This is a must-win game for the Baltimore Ravens mm. against the last unbeaten team in the NFL. And they're not going to win it. I'm not going to say it's a must win. You don't think so? I don't think it's a must win. I think that they they understand now that um, they are they're playing for a wild card spot, which is fine, right? Uh, I don't think they. I have Pittsburgh winning this one as well. I don't think uh, Baltimore wins it, but I think they they have enough to get to the playoffs. I think they're going to beat. I think Cleveland's kind of playing with house's money right now. Eventually, they're going to start to taper off a little bit. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But and then to be honest, Baltimore's if you go to their schedule, go to their schedule down the stretch. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty it's easy pretty down the stretch after this, right? It's Cowboys, Browns, Jags, Giants, Bengals. So they'll lose and then they'll win out. Yeah, so that's you five. They'll, they'll, on this, they'll, they'll on the year with five wins, but you're gonna be, I don't know, you're gonna be six and five. I just it'll be eleven and five, smoking. Right. You, think Everybody gonna, be, you think they're going to finish eleven and five? Yeah, they, their schedule is terrible. Look at the I mean, schedule. It's, it's their the opponents on their schedule is pretty terrible. hard to win games when you can't throw. Yeah, it's pretty hard. But you're not playing teams that have to do it. Like you're playing the Cowboys. You're playing. Remember the that Jaguars, point you were saying. Remember playing, that point you were saying earlier in this show about uh, about a team, a player, and they can play, and a team doesn't have a lot of film on them, and then the next year they yeah. get. You think you think they're making I you think, think they're certain, making way with knowing how Lamar plays? But now? Oh yeah. Here's here's the deal. Tennessee though. Tennessee uh, did that. The AFC has six win six teams with seven wins or more. Right now the, the Ravens are out of the playoffs they're not right gonna, now. They're, but they're not going. They're going to beat them. You saying Cleveland's going to come back down to Cleveland's earth? Cleveland's going to come back down. They're playing. They're riding high right now. Raiders even with that loss are looking good. I, this this is an important game, and I don't know that you can just hand them five wins to to round out the season. To Bubar's point, yes, you can. The, name the team so the listeners know. That, that's you can. I just did. Would you like me to do it again? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'm going to do it again. Here here's the Ravens schedule. The uh, the rest of the way here after. Tell me who that, you think. Tell after me, they play the who season, I think I. How listen, about I'm a homer pick at week fourteen. Yeah, I know. They got they have Dallas, and then they play Cleveland. I don't know that I can just hand them that Cleveland. Even though they, even though they Cleveland drummed win. Cleveland when they were fully healthy. Yeah, because yeah, you know why? Because they were because they were pissed that the Browns went in and shit on them last year in Baltimore. That's why they remembered it. They did. But here's here's the other thing: thirteen of four Dallas and Cleveland after Pittsburgh. I don't know that those are gimmies. Jacksonville, your Jags, the Giants, Cincinnati without a quarterback. Gimme's. I'll give them the last three. I'm not giving them those next two. Listen. Okay. All right. All right. We'll see Just how that saying. goes. Down so, there. so I'm picking Pittsburgh. I'm picking Pittsburgh as well. Okay. I, 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 this is what I believe in. I believe that Pittsburgh has realized that running the ball is not the way for them. That Big Ben spreading it out, throwing all those receivers works. They tried to run the ball against Jacksonville. It didn't really. It's like, ah, yes, it wasn't as clean as they wanted to be, but Ben uh, is playing at a high level right now. He understands coverages, and he's able to kind of get those receivers going. And then that defense, they get turnovers. They continue to get turnovers. They continue to affect the quarterback, um, and that's what they're going to have to do. I mean, again, I just think 
uh, right now the way both teams are playing. One's finding a way to win, the other one's finding a way to lose. Three games in a row that Ben Roethlisberger has attempted at least 42 passes. Yeah. Three games in a row. Why not? Look at that receiving core. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's turned into like my favorite receiving core in the NFL. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Juju, who is supposed to be the guy, might he's turning into like the second, third option, which is fascinating. Free to agent me. No at question. the end of the season, too. No free and, agent. And Juju might not be back there, yeah, which is no, crazy. He won't, to think he won't about. be back there, and they'll draft a receiver or or they'll keep James Washington. Yep. I mean, they got they have a a number of guys that can go out there and make plays. Like it just that's not the thing. Deontay Johnson is is the new Antonio Brown. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, then you got uh, Chase uh, ten touchdowns conference from the Mac. T- ten touchdowns in ten games for yep. Claypool. He's been yep. he's been a gem. Hot take: Juju Green Bay Packer next year. I could see Ooh. that. All right, something to think about. Uh, Chargers of the Bills. This is a uh, this is a Sunday game. You got it too close for me. Oh really? Yeah, you got it way too close for me. Chargers uh, finally got that win against the Jets. Here's the thing about the Chargers: even though they lose uh, more often than they win, they they keep it close more often than not. Um, Bill's coming off a bye week. They're going to be well-rested. The Achilles heel for Buffalo this season has been the run game and the run D. And the Chargers kind of right in the middle of of the league in terms of both of those things. I don't know that they're going to really scare you with their uh, rushing attack, but but they're going to fight like they've done all season long. I just they're not going across the country beating the Bills. So I, I'm picking the Bills by three, 31-28. I'm gonna pick. I'm picking the Bills because of two reasons. One, they have a defense that slows down offenses, and this is a defense that uh, Herbert hasn't seen before. Normally, he's seeing these defenses that are aggressive, trying to blitz them. Uh, Buffalo plays coverage, right? They're going to sit back and play coverage. They got after Russell Wilson with their front four. I think they, they'll get after uh, Herbert. And then the other thing is this. Their defense is just giving it up. I mean, Casey Hayward, my one of good friends, but he's getting older. Those young guys with the Jets running by him, and you're talking about having to cover Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, and John Brown. Mm. Lord, that, that, I mean, that's tough. And then Josh Allen's a weapon as well, right? He's a threat as well. So I, I got the Bills going. I, I, I see it a little bit. Uh, I think the defense gets after Herbert. It's, it's not like a game like that, like where he throws three or four touchdowns. I think okay. he may get one or two in there. Right. Do you think that's going to be a difficult game yeah. for Herbert? Okay. A little bit more of a, a, a bigger Bills win than I'm predicting. Chiefs at the Bucks. Um, I haven't figured out the Bucks yet, and I I don't think the Bucks have figured out the Bucks yet. Uh, I, I thought the Rams and the Chiefs would define the regular season for Tampa Bay, um, but they can still lose to Kansas City and get that first wild card spot after KC. They have Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, Atlanta. So kind of your same point mm-hmm. as the Ravens. Um, I. I they're they're not good enough to beat listen. Kansas City. I want to pick the upset here because I want it to be different. Listen, I know what you're going to say. I got to go with a better quarterback. No, in this I had one. Tom to do Brady with that. looks old. And no, I, I want to go say none of that. I, it's my homeboy, Patrick. My homeboy is crazy. You're just never going to pick against. I them cannot again. pick against them. I, I, I listen. You have to score 40 points to beat the Chiefs. There's no if ands or 38. It's not going to do it. 39 is not going to do it. You have to get to the 40. The only team that's beaten them this year scored 40 points. This is true. And, that was, and we stated that at the beginning of the season on this podcast. I was like, the only way you beat the Chiefs is if you score 40 points. The the, the Bucks have the the opportunity to do it, but I just don't know if they can. Like right now, they're they. I don't know. And and to be honest, the Chiefs' defense is not that good, so they may put up points, but. Mahomes and company, like who's going to cover who? If you couldn't slow down, I know you have it on your notes. If you couldn't slow down Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, you think you'll slow down Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, 
right? I don't even know if Sammy Watkins is coming back. Nicole Hardman. Nicole Hardman. They activated Nicole off. Uh, they got two off running backs that can tote the thing. Would Lev, we saw Lev score his first touchdown. Let's not with act like Le'Veon Bell is a threat or scares anybody these days. There's no more tread on those tires, dude. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Then take the Bucks since you're talking so much trash. No, no, no. I'm taking KC. Le'Veon scored against the, the Raiders. Okay, got a touchdown. You're, so did Van Jefferson. To your point of Tampa Bay and needing, or a team, and this one being Tampa Bay, needing to score at least 40 points. You know, according to our great friends at Next Gen Stats, do you know that Tom Brady is now 0 for 19 on deep passes? That's 20 plus yard air yards in his last four games with a 0.0 passer rating on those 19 he throws. He hasn't completed a 20 yard or more pass in four straight games. In fact, his his final three deep attempts in week seven against the Raiders were also incomplete, meaning he's missed on his last 22 Deep attempts. That's twenty plus air yards, and that's all they want to do is throw the ball deep with the Bucks. I, I I just think this Mahomes has they have too much, and people may think Lev is done like Dan over here, but the funny thing is he doesn't need to be Lev Bell of the Pittsburgh Steelers in in Kansas City. He just needs to be Lev Bell that gives has another weapon for Patrick Mahomes that's to throw a valid the ball point, to. MJD. And guess what? If he's point. running on if he's running routes on linebackers, Lev Bell can be one hundred and seventy five years old. I'm still going to take him against a linebacker every day of the week. All right, so we're both taking Kansas City. Kansas City. All right, Bubar, I hope you're keeping track. Of course. Uh, Panthers and the Vikings. Um, the reason I put this game in there, I know it's not that sexy. I just think this could this could go either way. That's Teddy Bridgewater's game. coming back. Um, Carolina beat Detroit with P.J. Walker at quarterback. Not, not only did they beat but, Detroit, but you, they shut them out. But, you, but you, know know what the thing, you know what the thing is, like with P.J., you don't have film on them, and it wasn't like uh, the defense played lights out. Now, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how to. First of all, I don't know how Matt Patricia still has a job. I can we? Can we? Can we just just put that out there? Like, what is going on? He is not lying. You are not lying. He should not be coaching in the NFL right now. The fact that they have a great young running back and he can't figure out to put him in, and they still want to roll with AP even before he had the concussion issue, tells you all you need well, to know. Let, let's swift play against if, if, if Washington. If Bell doesn't have anything left on the tires. For sure, AP don't have anything left. He can put his foot in the ground and get a couple yards. Let's see him being biased. I love <laughs> AP, though, but I'm just saying. It's no, not I even that. It's it, defensively, that's what he was brought in there to do. Yeah. And they, they can't stop anyone. It's crazy. And I don't I don't think Patricia's long for Detroit. I'm not one for calling for people's job, but I think he's True. the next on the chopping block. There's, there's no I'm, doubt I, about listen, that. Listen, he's a defensive-minded head coach. I, and, oh, you know, if, if I'm calling for your job, it's just late because I really don't be paying attention like that. But I mean, dang. No, I know it's bad. And, it's, it's, but, it's, it's not bad. It's hor- hor- horrendous. <laughs> is what it is. All right. Well, this is the Panthers Vikings game. So let, let's focus on the uh, the Vikings. <laughs> um, listen, they had three straight wins, but they regressed. Andy Dalton, the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> Man, they put up points. I mean, they they played. It was a, it was a close. Their game. young defense only pressured Dalton four out of thirty four dropbacks. They they. The, the, the I, defense I, can be thrown on, and I think that's what Teddy's going to do. He's going to spread the ball around to Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore. And yeah. before you give your pick, I'm picking the Panthers, so okay. don't copy me. No, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Vikings. You are, yeah. I'm going to take the Vikings because of this. the The Panthers struggle against running backs out of the backfield and stopping the run. And I think that this run game is going to be what's going to lead them. And to be honest with you, I feel like the Vikings were still riding a little high after beating the Bears. On Monday night. I think you're probably right And so there. I think they, they got kind of brought back to earth. Now, I don't know if Adam Thielen's going to be playing or not. Um, but 
Assume like no, Adam Thielen's on the COVID list, so um, I don't. I, he's and I think he has COVID. Okay. I believe, so I don't so, think Adam Thielen's gonna be playing. Which, which by the fine. way, you still have that, Justin that hurts Jefferson. Dalvin Cook a lot. Uh, you still got Justin Jefferson that'll go to work. I mean, they, they got other guys out there, but they'll, you'll you'll see a lot of more of Irv Smith Jr. Double check the Thielen on the COVID because I'm pretty sure he's out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just look the the Vikings are riding high. They probably thought like, look, we just gonna show up and we beat the Cowboys, and it doesn't happen. So. For me, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to pick the Vikings on okay. this one. So MJD's going Vikings. I'm going Panthers. Yeah. I believe that's two games we have different so far. Final yeah. game to pick on the helipod with MJD. Cardinals at the Patriots. And this one to me is is really simple here. Um, the Patriots struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Um, we've seen it a, a ton of times. They barely touched uh, Deshaun Watson last week and that loss to Houston. Um, they're going to have to shuffle the O-line a little bit. Left tackle Isaiah Wynn got hurt on uh, on Sunday. And here's the reality of the situation for New England. They have had the ball with a chance to win five times this year in the final minute of game, and they couldn't get it done. And that's what bad football teams do. This was one of those games where I, I, I was went into this and, all right, they're t- playing the Cardinals. Belichick's going to find a way. I think those days of Belichick finding a way are over. The Patriots are not a good football team. The Cardinals are a better football team than the New England Patriots. Kyler Murray is going to torch them. I have them winning big here, 36-24. I'm just trying to find the weather. Let me look over the weather in uh, Kansas City. Can we figure out what the weather Not in Kansas City, but in... Uh, in New England? England? Yeah, we can figure that out pretty easily. Let me see. Let's get the weather. That, that, that's going to determine a lot for me. Okay, but even if the weather's not good, you got Kyler Murray running the football with the ball in his hands every time, right? Like so. Okay, it's supposed to be sunny. Okay, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Cardinals. And this is my thing. This is my only thing with the air raid and you're throwing the ball when it gets wet and sloppy outside. There is this not it doesn't look the same. And so uh, Kyler Murray's we forget that he's coming off a of bang up uh, shoulder on Thursday night against mm-hmm. Seattle. He Fair. had a little shoulder AC joint sprain or whatever. So um, they may not be running him as much. And I think that's why they lost to Seattle, because they didn't run him. And so if you take away that running ability of Kyler Murray, which we don't know if he'll see, uh, and there's a little weather where he can't throw it, oh, bro, like I, I sometimes I, I I would probably in that situation if it was weather, I'd pick New England. But if it's going to be a nice sunny day, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Cardinals. I don't see many people trying to stop that offense uh, over there with no pass rush. No, I, I think you're right. They are uh, they're scary to try to contain. All right, uh, Bubar. You got all those picks down? I do. This one's going to be very interesting because uh, the only ones, you guys only differ on two games this week, believe it or not. Uh, the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. Dan's got Fan Washington boy. and Dallas has got MJD. I mean, MJD's got Dallas, pardon me. And then the only other one you guys differ on, Carolina and Minnesota. Dan's got Carolina. MJD's got the Vikings. Yeah. Because he likes burning those boats. and That's right, man. Taking, hey, the, taking the Panthers' boats. Burn the boats. But the Panthers are coming to, to Vikings country. I don't know. Skull. All right. Uh, Adam Thielen on the uh, on the reserve COVID oh. list. They announced Monday. Yeah. So it's so according to ESPN from that from that release, it is unclear whether the receiver has tested positive or he was in close contact with someone. They if, have not, they did not announce which one it was. Right. So it's a close con- if it's a close contact situation, and they announced that on Monday. They probably found out Sunday would be my guess. Right. It would have to be five consecutive days of negative tests. So Thielen could play in that. If he doesn't. It's all Panthers. If he does, I'm still going with the Panthers. Okay. All right. Um, how do you feel, man? I feel great. Uh, you know, I, I feel like 
this is, is coming down to the wire. Real football teams, real game pickers separate themselves from Thanksgiving on. And that's what I'm about to show you. <laughs> you're, you're the Derrick Henry of game pickers? No question. All right. So I wanted to be tied up so there's no excuse. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll man. see you after. All right.